0: Everybody, welcome to another brand new episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca.
1: I am Matt Nost, and uh, excited to be here another week doing the Top Ten Show. Uh, I hope everybody out there is staying safe.
0: Um, what do you got? Yeah, it's a tough world right now, man. Everything's going crazy. We got a, a, an election coming up. Uh, the, the, you can feel it in the streets. The electricity. People are like oh, on edge about. So much and uh, hoping this the November 3rd thing comes and goes without too much incident and we can all just fucking move on and then like kind of go back a little bit to our daily lives. And then, you know, there's rumors about a vaccine. So we're going to hear about that. Um, but we're also hearing the numbers spiking up across the world, Matt. So it seems like we had we had felt like we were on top of it and we were the odd ones out. Now it feels like we're just in the bowl with everybody else where the numbers are high and we're trying to kind of figure this all out and navigate it and what have you. So. That's crazy right now. That's for sure.
1: Exactly. Which is no different from last week. (laughs) Which is no different. That's the difficult thing because we normally give it up top for like 10, 15 minutes or something. Yeah. But outside of sports, that's our default to go and just, there's no movies that come. Usually, with all this crap, there'd still be everyday life. So, You'd be, you and I'd be going to, Oh, I went to this barbecue. I went to this movie, or we have something to talk about. So we don't have to focus on sitting at home, staring at screens going, right. I think the (laughs) Mayans got the calendar wrong.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of sports, I got two things. One uh, I've been watching. I don't know if you have ESPN plus, but Lindley and I have been watching that life and trials of Oscar Pistorius. Have you heard of this documentary? That's how I've heard
1: of it, but I haven't seen
0: it. It's a four part documentary. And each part dude is an hour and 45 minutes. I was shocked at how much time. It's almost that OJ Made in America type length, uh, or the 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 Chicago Bulls one. It just was shocking to me how much time they spent uh, for this documentary, and it's engrossing as hell. Uh, the first episode's kind of like jumping back and forth, and it's a little clunky. And then mm-hmm. the second, third, and fourth episodes have been a lot smoother when they've jumped back and forth. Uh, and it's fascinating story, man. I mean, it's fascinating to hear um, you know, how many people still think he's innocent and how many people think he's guilty. Certainly the documentary takes a position that he might have been telling the truth, and it's kind of up to you to decide based on – both sides presenting their their points of views of their evidence at, in retrospect, you know, because this was like 2013, 2014. Um, it is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And I was dying for a new documentary uh, to really dive into a sports documentary. And that one just kind of popped up. And I was hesitating because I'm like, ah, do I really care about this? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I remember the whole thing happening. But it's actually pretty cool. Um,
1: So they – don't come to any conclusion as to whether or not he fired how many rounds through a, a bathroom five, door. Five, five rounds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five through a bathroom door to his girlfriend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, here's what he claims. He claims that he's a guy who has to sleep in black as night conditions. And he's only been dating – I think he's been dating her for about a year. They're living together. Uh, and so on the night that this happened, what they, they, they uh-huh. where they were staying – they like to keep the windows open like the, the the balcony windows open and put two loud fans on top of each other uh so that they can get some fresh air in the room. Okay. what he claims is that at three a m he got up to take down the fans and close the door because he was his grew he grew up with a paranoid uh, uh mom who constantly thought. Uh, People are going to break into the house. She slept with a gun under her bed. So he always did this, apparently. And he was moving it uh, and moving. And apparently he did not hear because of the loud sound of the fans and the darkness of the room. His girlfriend get up and go pee in the bathroom. Uh, And so when he's turned off the fans and puts some jeans over the green letters of the uh, of the audio system that's there in their room, he hears her open the window. Now, here's the opening of the window. He doesn't know it's her. Apparently, according to him, he doesn't know that it's her. Uh, and the loud sound of the window freaks him out. He thinks someone's breaking in. This is what he claims. Goes to get his gun from his nightstand. Tells his girlfriend to call the police, but never looks behind him, apparently, uh, to make sure that she's uh, understanding what's happening. and sure. then And then starts walking towards the bathroom. And he does not have his legs on, so he's on his stumps. Um, And he starts screaming into the bathroom, apparently, to tell the person to get out of the house, get out of the house, whatever. And then uh, what he claims is that she freaked out by his yelling. And so she backed up further into the bathroom thinking that uh, they were being broken into in another area of the house by his yelling uh, and moving and moved the table. And when uh, that was in the bathroom, because it was in the door, uh, she closed the door rather on the bathroom. Uh, and uh, a table uh, in the bathroom. Yeah, there's a table for the magazines, apparently, that they read while they were uh, pooping or whatever. Uh, and when she moved the table, he freaked out, thought it was an intruder and uh, or thought it was like was completely believing that it was an intruder and then shot five shots through the door. And then backed <sighs> up, backed up 18 seconds all the way to the bedroom, sits down in the bed, then realizes that she's not in the bed and then thinks that it might be her, goes to the door, tries to knock down the door, he can't, grabs a cricket back back in the bedroom, then slams onto the door, knocking out the panels, grabbing the key, opening the door, and bringing her out. And he's screaming the whole time, and apparently he opens the doors that were closed on the balcony, he starts yelling out for help. Um, but, you know, there are witnesses who claim they heard they were fighting, there were, there were men, women screaming, a um, woman screaming, and then a man screaming, and the sound of shots. So it's... I I just don't buy his story. I just don't buy that you wake up, hear an intruder, and you don't check in physically or facially check in with your girlfriend to make sure, you know what I'm saying? I think the only
1: way that you could sell me on this is if they had a picture of his mom from, like, whatever, 1950-something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's in bed and just, like, grimacing in her sleep, but you can tell her hand is on a Glock under the pillow. Just like, okay. He grew up a traumatized household. We have. She's just uh, trying to sleep, but fearful at all times. Finger on the yeah. trigger. Ready to go. That's a. Okay. So to bolster his case, then they had to find wood fragments or something like that on the bullets themselves. Yes. Inside of her to know that he shot through the door first before he broke it
0: down. Right. And what's interesting is that her parents cremated her right after the funeral, which was only a few days afterward. So they had done the autopsy. And then they cremated her, which is very interesting. Um, Why? I, I mean, how long I, are you supposed to wait? Well, in my mind, you keep – I, I, I'm not blaming the parents, right? I'm just saying in my mind, you keep a body alive – or keep – not alive, but keep it around for a while, even bury it just in case there's any kind of situation here. Because initially he claimed it was a burglar, right? And then they th- think that the, – and then the prosecution thought, no, no, no. They, they were having an argument. He was mad that she was leaving him uh, and shot through the door in anger. Mm-hmm. And they bring up a person who got access to their texts. And one of the last exchanges between them from two weeks earlier on text is her saying that she wants to leave him because she can't seem to satisfy him. And, and nothing she does is right uh even her gum chewing irritates him and blah blah and you're just like yeah this is a pattern this is it's clear uh, uh the defense is like well that's only like you know uh four there's only four arguments in the 1000 uh, texts that you looked at and it's like well yeah but those kind of arguments kind of betray what's actually happening in this relationship so <sighs> it's a fascinating doc dude yeah
1: yeah it's hard to genuinely come to judgment
0: yeah, over. But that's why I think it's count. fascinating. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, still not going to watch it. Don't care. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you dig it. That's cool. yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. If anybody's listening and, and wants to sink into it, it's it's a good thing to distract yourself. Some new. What well, was the other sports thing you said? You had but yeah, to, how about the Lakers, buddy? We haven't talked about this. Them winning the title 17 times now is LeBron greater than Michael Jordan? Is it a waste of the conversation?
1: That, I think it's kind of a waste. Okay. Um, but it's the discussion is getting interesting for me personally. Sure. But I still think he needs to do like a couple more. If you can get a three Pete with the Lakers would be massive, Mm -hmm. but this late in his career and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they'd be unassailable because he's got so many other, you know, incredible feats.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the counting numbers for his playoff stats alone are, just bananas
0: yeah man it's mind-blowing I mean, to think about
1: it is and the fact that he's never had a serious injury with that little groin thing last year was the first big one he's ever had except for that yeah. mysterious backish whatever when he just wanted to go down to Miami for two weeks in the <laughs> middle of the Cavs season and came back <laughs> rejuvenated yeah he doesn't get hurt for a guy his size who's still in the finals you watch him he's going into the lane yeah a tremendous just... amount for a 35 year old it's really impressive
2: yeah it is
1: man. uh but congrats my favorite part of it now is all the crazy laker fans that are like all right so we're gonna trade for brad beal we'll give <laughs> the the wizards kuzma danny green javel mcgee and a first round pick who says no i think the <laughs> I think the Washington Wizards <laughs> hang up as soon as <laughs> as soon as you say and a first
0: round pick. You, no, the second you lead with Kuzma, they hang up. The yeah, well,
1: that's that's really the only trade chip they have, unless yeah. they want to try and do a sign and trade after KCP resigns. Yeah, or yeah, they don't have shit. They ain't got shit. Yeah. I love all that with the Lakers. Do hey, you think we should go get Chris Paul? How <laughs> are you gonna get Chris Paul? How? Have you put any thought into this? Are you just pulling names out of the fucking air? You're like, okay. How are you going to get Chris Paul? How are you going to get to 43 million? Are you trading Anthony Davis? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking. You trade LeBron? How are you doing this? It's fucking
0: great, though. It's been Sam, all bad. Oh, I wish Sam Presti would record that conversation if that ever happened. <laughs> and then put that out. Put out the conversation. And just cackling the whole time into the boat.
1: You
2: think Ah. think Daryl Moore
1: would be our equipment manager? What? (laughs) Daryl Moore? I mean, he stepped down. He's looking for a job. Rehabilitate his image. I don't know why I'm making the LA guy sound like this.
2: (laughs) Hey, I'm from the West Coast. Hey. Daryl, you're talking about China?
0: Oh, Daryl. Oh.
1: (laughs) I, I, oh, it's man. been great. They did, I mean, so delusional. They already have the most delusional fans anyway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's been. We haven't won a championship in 10 years. Oh, fucking cry me a river. <laughs> cry me a fucking river. You don't know what it was like to have Robert Sacre on your team. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Just a different version, but yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, Robert I've to suffer through three years. of uh, Three years. Shut the fuck up. I've
0: heard so many Laker fans do that one. Fuck off. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, there was nothing left of Jimmy after that performance, after game five. Like, you you knew it was going to be a... Yeah, you knew it was going to be just a complete... Same thing happened after game three. Game four,
1: he came out, and it was just more passive because he was spent.
0: Yep, yep. He can't do it by himself, and having... Uh, Dragged no. shirt having uh, uh at oh. in and out, it just didn't you couldn't find any consistency,
1: yeah. And yeah. if I think in two years, Hero would be the precise wingman that he would need, mm-hmm. he's just he's 20 years old, right? So it's right. still wildly impressive,
0: yeah. True, true
1: for a 20 year old, like okay, this dude's confidence is through the roof, he's going to be hopefully. He doesn't do that year of regression like Tatum did after he almost got to the finals.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, the next year he was. We were all expecting the moon, and he was. He was good.
2: Right. Was but we were expecting,
1: yeah, inching towards great. Yeah. And he got there. He's there now. He's inching towards like well, this guy could be a top tier every year now.
0: I, I don't hear that any of these Lakers fans who are like, last year when they were looking at the finals, going like, oh well. Toronto, you know, they won because Golden State was injured and blah, blah blah. Where are these Lakers fans talking about how Miami Heat had a bunch of injured stars or injured starters as well? Every year practically, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's 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 part of the game. It's always yeah. something, you know. You can't, yeah,
1: you can't take away from what they actually did because they just played the team that was in front of them. Yep,
0: yeah, exactly, and that's how you, you win a title.
1: Yeah, do I think if the Warriors were at full health across the board to start that series that they would have won? Yes, yes, I do.
0: Fair enough. But they weren't.
1: I mean, it's a lot of wear and tear. That's why it's even more impressive with LeBron. I mean, just continues to do this <laughs> and it doesn't That's have. True. It's amazing. It is utterly amazing.
0: Do you think Tyler is the right decision? I don't think Tyler' is the right decision. Do you think Tyler is the right decision? I have no idea. I yeah. have no idea. I
1: don't know what kind of coach he is. So
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody
1: swears by him. So there's got to be you know where there's smoke, there's fire.
0: I said if he's not bringing LeBron with him, it doesn't really matter. because LeBron was the general Wait. on the court.
1: That's what we'll find out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Someone did make a good point, though, how he has won titles for coaches that are not going in the Hall of Fame, and I thought that was actually a really excellent point. How Ty Ty Lou uh, and uh, Frank Vogel—I mean, those guys aren't going to go in the Hall of Fame, but like Spolstra, certainly, uh, I maybe maybe right. Going. Spolster's totally going, but like Jordan never did it for a lesser coach than Phil Jackson, and you can argue that, yeah, uh, both Lou and uh, Vogel are lesser coaches than Spolster. And but, so I mean, how
1: many Phil Jacksons are
0: there? Right, exactly. I mean, Popovich it's, is basically the Popovich. Next. Yeah.
1: And then Red Auerbach.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if, I think and I think Brad Stevens, if he can figure it out and go on this little run, Brad could be one of these guys, too. Yeah. If. If, right. True. Good point. If, right. But yep. Frank
1: and Ty have a leg up because they've already done it once. They at least have gotten there. Frank's yep. going to get to continue to coach. idea, I don't know. If that's going to change, I sincerely doubt the Lakers would deviate from that plan. So, that's <laughs> true. I mean, Anthony Davis did opt out, but he's already said, I am re signing. And that yeah. was the most useless press release in the history of press releases.
2: Yeah.
0: Where uh, would he go, though? Is this trouble? Is that why he's opting now? Is there trouble? Come on. He said he was going well, to yeah, was,
1: that was sentence A, and sentence B was, and I'm re signing. So, <laughs> if you didn't finish the tweet to sentence B, that's your own fucking you know, fault. <laughs>
2: Exactly.
0: Uh he did he did um he did have higher or better stats than LeBron, which was really surprising overall through the season and into the finals. That's the first time LeBron wasn't necessarily the Alpha Dog statistically. Well, yeah, but team. that was by design. Yeah, right. They had the default to Anthony to get him to it's right.
1: And rightly he knows that. He needs to slowly transition the team's leadership to Anthony. So Yep. He's technically I've heard, you know, various stories like after Uh, one of the bubble games and he got Anthony's like, now it was like the first round or something. We shake Mm. the entire staff's hand and tell him, thanks. Like you appreciate the effort of all. I'm teaching you how to be a leader. And there were a few other stories like that. Wow. Wow. Which that's cool. Very well. Yeah. It's very, I mean, all the stories came out that AD went to LeBron's camp and has been idolizing him for all these years. And yeah, yeah, LeBron doesn't talk down to him and treat him like, you know what he is, which is, basically magic to Kareem. Yep. You can yep. carry me to more championships and we can make more playoff runs if you're here. Yeah. I'm not stupid. Yeah. And he yeah. seems to be a nice guy. So, and Prolong my career. Went all yeah. around.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, but, yeah, yep. Ty Lue, no clue. Vogel, Brad Stevens. I don't know. There's a lot of question marks.
2: There are.
0: There are. We'll see what happens as the new season starts. And Gold State will be back to full health. So, we'll see if we'll Steve see. Kerr I mean,
1: Right now, it's January 15th. Yeah. So let's see when this actually starts. True, true.
0: But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, a movies and count down a top 10 list, Matt Nost. And uh, this week, we decided to count down what the top 10 movies that occur in the fall or that happen in the fall. Um, yeah, I think we just said movies in the fall. In the fall, right. Movies in the fall. Do we know uh, how we got to this? Or we were just like looking at the fact that the leaves are turning. We thought this would be a good idea.
1: Yeah, we uh, we pulled that out of the ether. It was just like, hey, it's fall. <laughs> There's no movies coming out for the 17th week in a row. Actually, longer than that. Yeah. True. Uh, so, I don't know. How about fall? The most arbitrary of choices. Because there are you know, a couple movies. Uh. Yeah, I did a google search you know like, like I do a lot of times yeah, where yeah. like I'm clearly gonna miss something yeah and suggestions and be like I guess that's a fall movie but it happens like there are different seasons in this do you is it just because you're saying it makes you feel like it's a fall movie
0: yeah yeah because yeah. it came
1: out in the fall so it reminds you of the fall does that count
0: yeah I, I had know. to have the conversation myself yeah, yeah absolutely
1: yeah so I, I tried to land more on movies that are just in the fall yeah since that's what we said it's just like i'm gonna try and do my best to stick to that because there are a couple which is like that's a great movie but i know that new year's is a part of it
0: oh oh he's already gonna start there yeah all right all right all right not once (laughs) but twice (laughs) that's true but that's still the. Never mind. No, it's not the fall. It's it the is winter. not. That is the winter.
1: Uh, right. You are past the the fucking winter solstice at that point. <laughs> you can't claim fall in the But the preponderance of lists had it. Yeah. Right. Right. So it, I guess you know. I, I, I don't deny it. It does feel like a fall movie, but it's it, like, does.
0: It, it does. It does. Don't, I don't want to defend it now. So it might come up. All right. Let me uh, see. I can guess what else is on your list that I don't have? Okay. No. So, no. Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh um anyway let's jump into this thing matt uh how, how, tell them how the show works my man not a problem once
1: we set a topic we go our individual ways and create personal top 10 let show back up here i do my bottom three he does his bottom three i do my next two he does his next two then we trade one apiece. piece once we have revealed our personal top 10 lists, we create the shows between the two of us
0: sold um all right man what's your number 10 10 uh i believe
1: yeah just a small chunk of time garden state happens in the fall
0: oh yeah great choice good film nice i like that one not on my list but good stuff um nice
1: uh you know Brath plays a kid who is an actor out here in los angeles but he's really a waiter and yeah. his mom passes and he goes home to kind of to deal with burying her but also to try and reconcile with his dad and figure yeah. out who he is and what he wants and he meets up with natalie portman and uh, they have a really genuine connection in that oh movie.
0: yeah yeah it's really surprising to see how much chemistry they have in that movie it's what mm-hmm. sells the movie to me um you know overall and of course the what he his story and what he's going through and all that trying to kind of reacquaint himself with his dad and negotiate all of that it's really their chemistry that keeps you coming back to watch the film yeah. because they're so good i mean that scene in the dumpster yeah. or in the dump when they're screaming down in the rain to kind of let that all out you know it's interesting to see them connecting in that way. And then later on when they're in like in the emergency room or whatever, it's just like, they just have a, a they just fit dude. It works. Yeah. You're right.
1: Um, and I read a, a quote from him the other day about it just randomly. I don't know how to oh. stumble upon it, but someone asked why there was no sex scene. Oh yeah. In the movie. And he was like, the implication was much more effective. So like basically the emotional resonance that you have with the characters overall. Right. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's true. It's a, a, a smarter decision because that's not what this story is about. It is and it isn't. Right, right. Um, it's more about the connection to another human being and the rudderlessness that we all feel at different times. Yeah, true. Uh, and I believe it happens in the fall.
0: It so, does happen in the fall. Certainly. I remember that. Peter Sarsgaard in this thing. Right? Or uh, Sarsgaard. Yeah. Is it Sarsgaard? I, Sars- I, I think it's it? Sarsgaard. Yeah. And then uh, Ian Holm is his dad.
1: Ian Holmes is his dad yeah. that you know from Lord of the Rings.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Old uh, Bilbo. Uh
0: yeah. So yeah. But good film and great soundtrack. If you haven't, if you've never listened to the soundtrack, it's one of it's got the shins on it, Colin Hayes in it. Um, yeah. there's a number of other really good bands on the soundtrack of this uh of this film. So if you haven't got the Garden State soundtrack, you need to. You need to. Um, all right, what's your number nine, man? Uh, my number nine is Coco. Oh. My God, because it's Dia de los Muertos, right? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my list. Yeah, all right, I'm gonna put it on my list. It's my number eight. So go ahead, man. Um, uh, it
1: okay? It's it ends up nine and eight for you, but for me, like I like the movie. It's more yep. fun, but then it gets to the end, and I'll be damned if I didn't almost break down crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, for and even now, like it still tugs at the heartstrings that small scene in it is just magic. It is pure magic. It's beautiful to watch. It's got a couple great songs. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I, just the rest of it, like the, the, in essence, Elvis storyline stole from his father type of thing. Uh, It's good. You could probably cut a little bit of it in my opinion, but I don't, I don't know what, you know, too many notes over here.
0: No, I don't disagree with you. I remember watching the movie and feeling like, you know, like, okay, we're spending a lot of time in the land of the dead to try to make it seem like we really care about the Latino culture. We're really Mm -hmm. adhering, like, the Frida Kahlo stuff was cool. But it also felt a little bit like Latino service, not lip service, Latino service to make you feel like they're living in the world and fully living. When they veered away from that kind of stuff and more about the story and the um, uh, backstabbing and the twists and turns, that's where I think the movie really was humming along and zipping along. The Frida stuff was just a weird thing that you could have really could have taken out and made a separate like short film connected to Coco. And it wouldn't have sure. necessarily needed to be a part of the film. But overall, though, um, I agree with you. I, I think it's a damn good movie, and it's uh, it, it's it's not one it's not one that I necessarily run back and put on a million times. Uh it's not one of those Pixars that I would, but I have more of a reverence and awe for the film uh than oh, yeah. I necessarily have a you know, gotta watch it over again, you know. That kind of, like it's not Toy Story for me or Up or a couple other yeah. Pixar films, uh, but it is one that deserves respect, yeah.
1: And it's also it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It took time to make the world lush and vibrant. You're so right. Yeah. So you can appreciate it for that. Yeah, I go back for Remember Me and Proud Core Zone. Those two yeah. scenes are yeah, my yeah. two. But Remember Me, I could watch. It's like the well, beginning of Up. I may not care for the rest of it, but how is that not just movie magic right there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But Proud Core I mean, not Proud Core Zone, but Coco works more overall for me than Up does. Uh, Fair. Even though they have... A stupid dog and they've got a <laughs> although the dog doesn't talk I don't True. The, the dog, dog talk doesn't it. talk No,
0: no. Uh, you're right about that
1: yeah anyway <laughs> so that's my
0: nine okay what's your eight my number eight is October Sky son of a bitch that's my number ten I didn't know that was going to be on your list that's awesome yeah, yeah I don't think we've ever talked about this movie maybe once I know I've put it on at least one one okay. list Okay, maybe a coming um, of age or something like that. Maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah. I just know yeah. that it has
1: come up. Um, I lived in West Virginia for you know eight years, mm-hmm. so a story about kids from West Virginia that rise up from a, a coal mining town where everybody lives. I believe it's a coal mining town, but you're just yeah. going to do what his father did. He's a foreman, and uh, they end up. You know, it's a true story. They end up going off and becoming jet propulsion scientists for NASA. Right and work on the space program and all that, and it just started from a love of wanting to make their rocket rocket go higher and higher and higher.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: A kid's endeavor and created a path for the rest of their life. Uh, Chris Cooper's in it. Early yeah. young Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Laura Dern, is this teacher, mm-hmm. and then um, shit. The the redhead kid that pulls his pubes out and what is that American Pie?
0: Oh yeah, that guy.
1: He's in it.
0: Oh, wow. I wouldn't take
1: a name because that's a terrible thing to remember him for, as if he didn't do other acting work and he was good in October <laughs> Sky. That's what he sticks yeah. out for, though. Who else was in that? Who are the other kids? I can't remember.
0: Uh, Chris Owen is in this thing. He's the guy that you're talking about, the redhead who pulls the pubes out. Okay. Um, he's also in Major Pain. Remember him in Major Pain? He's funny as shit in Major Pain.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, I haven't seen that movie in forever.
0: Uh, William Lee Scott is the other one. Chad Lindbergh is the other kid. Uh, So not a whole lot. No. Chad Lindbergh is like in the first Fast and Furious. He's the skinny guy that's working at that uh, uh, eatery place. They all like kind of hang out at. No Um, idea. Okay. Um, Yeah. But not really anybody else of real note that you might know. So that's what's so fascinating about the movie. And it's directed by Joe Johnston, who did like the first Captain America and Mm -hmm. Rocketeer. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm with you, dude. That's my number ten for. I mean, whenever I think about that movie, and like we talked about, it's movies in the fall. I always almost, almost automatically think of the fall. They're always wearing the coats. It's always cold. Yeah. You know, um, the teacher situation with him him and Laura Dern, Jake Gyllenhaal and her, like, encouraging him uh, to go forward. And this is a time in Jake period's career where he's not doing the whole, like, "Ah!" you know, he's not going super intense crazy. This is him still doe-eyed Jake Gyllenhaal, wide-eyed about the world, trying to figure out where his characters belong in the worlds that they're in in the movie. So he's fascinating to watch uh, throughout here as an underdog kid. Fighting against, you know, the standard stuff where the dad who's a working class dad um, doesn't necessarily want to uh, support his kid pursuing these dreams because to him those are Mm -hmm. dreams, you know. And it's also a true story set in the 50s. It's a generational thing, right? When kids were actually – there was more to the world than just working a fucking mindless job to put food on the table. Uh, Their kids were dreaming of bigger things. And, of course, he does accomplish uh a lot of things as he goes forward in his life so but there is that battle between what my dad wants me to do and taking the chance to pursue my education and most fathers want what's be- want their sons to try and daughters to try to achieve the best they can in this world but sometimes there are fathers who are just like want to keep you close because they're afraid that you're going to fail and be nothing and you know uh you're not yeah. really a man you know that kind of stuff
1: yeah he's dealing with all the 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 rigors and stress of work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and kind of just wants. I don't think he understands, so it's right. frustration born out of that. Yeah, uh, you know, and then, and then it's misdirected, and yeah, uh, but it's like the overall arc when you the realization eventually that you, you got to let him do what he's gonna do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a great he's just
1: gonna buck even harder,
0: right? He's, um, he's just as uh, stubborn or determined as you are. Mm-hmm uh because he's your son so you got to understand that yeah i love that film man it's so good surprises on your list that's cool um uh my number 9 is uh uh since we jumped off that was your 8 so that was my 10 so my number 9 is big daddy okay sure yeah i always think of the fall with this it always feels like the fall again it's like you know the cold as you see the jackets and blah 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 but I also want to, because it's one of my favorite Adam Sandler films. I I know I bash a lot of Adam Sandler films, but there are a few that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy uh, because the heart's in the right place. And I think Big Daddy is one of those ones for me. The relationship he has with the kid. You talk about chemistry, such great chemistry between them. Rob Schneider is funny with the character he plays throughout the whole movie. But the storyline, right? And even the jokes that are at uh, Leslie Mann's expense, they still work overall. They're not necessarily overall mean, but they're still funny. Uh, And but his intention here is to connect with his son, uh, connect with this uh, kid and and figure out where he goes uh, with his son, like how to be a dad. Uh, And I think his dad is a Harold Ramis, I think. And so they have their conversations about like what what it was like to raise him uh, to give him advice. So there's a lot throughout the movie that I find to be very charming and funny and, and a great slice. And I constantly feel like when I'm watching it, that's the fall, you know, so.
1: Sure. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. I did like it when it came out. Uh, Scuba Steve is stuck with yeah. me.
0: Scuba Steve. Scuba he, Steve.
1: Yeah. He can call himself whatever he wants and he can wear whatever he wants. And, you know, it, once you see that, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, let the kid express himself. He doesn't know who he is anymore. It's like when right. uh, Brian Erlacher, a few years ago, his ex wife was, you know, they were, I think they were in a custody battle. Oh, wow. She, Went on Twitter and was like, oh, sh-. he let our son wear a pink jersey. Like, can you believe that? And he's like, he's four. Who cares?
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is yeah. ridiculous.
1: I As soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, who cares? I'm wearing a pink shirt right now.
0: <laughs> I love it. Look at his it. It rollerblade. I respect it, man.
2: But he might have had it. And
0: he was you wear a will. I was like, I'll take that off. I'll,
1: I'll take it off for your hands. Oh, uh, Catherine hates it. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just love it for the who, uh, where, who? I mean, what a what a fucking very '90s t-shirt. A bright pink rollerblade, just rollerblade across the front, and yep. it's their official corporate logo. It's like what a lazy company. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but everything about it,
1: it's like that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's like colors. who cares? Who yeah. cares? It's a yeah. picture. He's four. <laughs> but seeing it in Big Daddy, it's like. Yeah, dead, Like, if he wants to call himself Frankenstein, he can call himself Frank. I don't care. Right, right. It's fine. He has no idea. He's a kid. Yeah.
0: It's an interesting cast too. I, I was wrong. It's Joseph Bologna, Bologna, who plays uh, his, his dad? dad. His dad. Yeah, I think I Harold, saying, Ramis ah, is, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramus isn't it? He's uh, Seth Rogen's dad and knocked up. That's the okay sure. confusion I have. Yeah, Joey Lauren Adams is in this. John Stewart is in this. Uh, uh Josh Mostel, Rob Schneider, as I mentioned, Christy Swanson. I forget Christy Swanson is in this. That's right. Um and Leslie Mann, of course, is a and Steve Buscemi. Right, right, right. All the all the yeah. uh standard uh Sandler people, the Sandler cast. Um I saw that preview for his new one, Huey Halloween. Oof, man,
1: yeah, good. I thought it could be a good Halloween movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lighthearted family fair type of thing, but the yeah. reviews have just uh you know, mid fifties ish. type. Yeah. Of, yeah. I'm like, oh that sucks. I was hoping for upper sixties and like a <laughs> wink and a smile. You know what I mean? Not yeah. great. Right. Right. Which is like, it's enjoy. I totally get why this was made. Uh, now. It may not be the case. Now. I don't convince, I don't see myself, you know, convincing myself to use myself again <laughs> with a limited movie time that I set aside, you know, potentially per week. Yeah. Halloween at this point.
0: Right.
2: Right. Fair point.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, just solo. I don't think I could talk Catherine into it. So I only have a few of those movie spots. ain't making
0: it. Sorry, but uh, all right. What's your number seven, man? Uh,
1: seven is fantastic. Mr. Fox.
0: Oh, good choice. I just went back and forth on that one. I couldn't in the end pull the trigger, but that's a great choice, man. Go ahead, bro. Uh, why is that? I think I just in the end I just was like uh, it's it's an animated film so I don't necessarily put a season to it in my mind although I know it occurs in the fall uh, and it is a part of the movie because the leaves turn and they talk about it but yeah for whatever reason in my head I just because it's animated I don't I didn't put it in my brain as something okay. I would put on my list it's nothing against the film itself I love the film well,
1: I think it's that coupled with the fact that the color palette for the film is autumnal
0: as well yeah very much so
1: so it just. There, I mean, Wes Anderson really leaned into a color aesthetic that is kind of his anyway, yeah, or one that that seems to suit him. But B, it just like takes place in it has the overt vibe from the first second to the last second that is right. kind of what they're trying to impart. So I was like, ah, yeah, for that, it just hits on a lot of different metrics. Right. Uh, plus, I like the movie a lot, so. Why not put it in? Seven seems like as good a place as any for <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox. I wonder, do yeah. you think he's got another one in the works? Because now he's got that plus Isle of Dogs.
0: Oh, another one of these uh, um, Tom Ocean I would imagine so. I mean, although Isle of Dogs didn't do as well as Mr. Fantastic Mr. Fox, yeah. which is a shame because I liked it. Um, I thought it was all right. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And I think the majority of people felt that it was all right. So... I, I imagine either one of two things, either he's done with stop motion or maybe he wants to do one more to kind of come back into uh, having people remember that as his last stop motion directed film, if it's a good one, you know? And so uh, I could see it happening. I could absolutely see it. happening. So you're, and I'm, yeah.
1: You're forecasting his death. You're saying that basically whenever he comes to that <laughs> last, that next one is his last one.
0: At least no, the first I, stop I'm motion. just saying, I think, I think artists are creatives. Like they go through a stretch or a run. And then they're done with it and they never go back to it, you know. And I, and I think like with uh, Burton, I don't think we'll ever see Burton do Corpse Bride, Frank and Weenie. And he did produce Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. He didn't direct it. But um, yeah, that it's, kind it's, of thing, I don't see him ever going back to do those kinds of things anymore. Um, I think he's that was a part of his creative time at that time. And now he's moved on to something else. And I think the same thing here with uh, uh, Wes Anderson. He'll do one more and then he's done with it. Well, He's I
1: hope I hope that's true because I don't want to see another Zemeckis motion capture oh, doll eyes oh. nightmare fodder movie. Yeah, well uh, we three under his belt now. Yeah. I think you're yeah. done with those. You got Polar Express, Beowulf, and uh uh Christmas Carol. He did that with Jim yeah. Carrey, did he not?
0: Christmas Carol, yeah. Just he also did and that was, Go what? ahead, sir. He also did what? The Welcome to Marwin. That unsettling. I
2: oh
1: yeah dude, that looked that terrible was. for the first time i saw the trailer and then that that was that during that season the most seen trailer by me mm-hmm. at amc hands down it wasn't even close it was on the front <laughs> of everything yeah so i is. just assumed like somehow this is going to be like a forest gump type of situation where it's so universally resonant that's why it's getting pushed and then i read the reviews i hated the trailer i was like i could be wrong and the reviews were like yeah this is everything i thought it
0: would be why yeah why
1: did i see this trailer
0: legitimately 15 times I was sitting in that screening, and I was just like, I, I want to be anywhere else but here. It is so fucking
2: bad, you know?
0: I think I had a pretty great run when I was at uh, Collider for the amount of bad movies versus good movies. I saw exponentially way more good movies at screenings mm-hmm. than I did bad ones, you know? So, like, the Muppet one with uh, Melissa McCarthy, that was, that, that was a little bit of a rough watch. First 20 minutes, funny, and then it got kind of rough. Um what was the terrible one? Oh, the snowman. Woof. The Michael Fassbender one? Oh.
1: I never I never saw that. I did see the puppet one. I genuinely think there's a good movie in there. There is one in there, right Matt? Like the first 30 35 minutes. Genuinely a good movie in there. It's
0: good. Yeah, and then they kind of I watched just it till the end.
1: Uh, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz you're like there's so much potential here and they're never going to touch this ever again. Right. Right. Which sucks because it's such a stupid great idea. That's <laughs> true. Very true. Um, Maybe, all right. I mean, you know, what's
2: but, your number six? You
1: know, my number six is Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah, no, didn't make my list. Okay. Uh just the. You want to know what Texas football is like on the high school level? This seems very accurate. Yeah. Very like disturbingly accurate. Just not caring about the health and welfare. Of these kids, because we got to get that W type of thing. Yep. And the alcoholic father, mm-hmm. that is brutal. Like yeah. uh, Tim McGraw, I wish you would do more of that, because that oh, was yeah. powerful acting. Yeah. I mean, what, do what, he duct tape his son's hands to the ball because he fumbles it, and it's just going off in this drunken rage? Because somehow this high school football game is going to affect the rest of his life, just like it did Tim McGraw, because he never grew up beyond... That, those moments in time yep and then on the flip side the the Billy Bob Thornton win at all costs I had a football coach like that guy was an oh, asshole wow.
0: really okay
1: uh I mean not as cartoonish like that, but right. just a pure ass it was only about winning he had made a winning uh school out of the high school like
0: oh yeah yeah
1: eight of the past nine years they've almost made the state championship for the it was like the smallest division because it was a small school right but still. Like they're a powerhouse in this, and he had built it up, and it's this tiny little farm community. Uh, You know, my school was surrounded by corn and soy on three sides. Wow. Yeah. And you do crop rotation. So one year it's corn on this side, the other year, you know, it's uh, soy. Just like, but that's three sides of it. Uh, So the high school football meant some shit. Yeah. This small village. Now multiply that when you have a stadium for what do you think that thing set? 10,000?
0: Yeah yeah
1: and like six to eight thousand for the home side and two thousand for the visitor side right and they sell out the home side every week it's like it's crazy this is a small division four in essence
2: yeah yeah
1: Good point. Uh, and the movie just captures right. a lot of of that it's like a, a when uh, peter berg really rounded a corner and started churning out some really interesting movies yeah. that i liked
0: yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was a good movie. I, I don't know why I didn't feel the magic for it that I normally do for sports films that are good. Maybe it's because it's got more of a darker approach to it, more of a sadder approach yeah, to it.
1: It's much uh, darker.
0: Yeah. I mean, Billy Bob was great in this movie. Lucas Black is great in this movie. Uh, you're right about Tim McGraw. Absolutely. It's great to know that he has that gear, you know. Because that's, that's one of the things that I hate about Blindside is like they pushed him completely to the side and it was like an ancillary character. Uh, and he exactly. could have done so much more with that role, you know.
1: That movie's not good. Mm-hmm.
0: It really it's is. Paint by numbers. Fucking terrible,
1: yeah. And the fact that she won for that,
0: is, yeah. you know,
1: it's Pacino's Sin of a Woman.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Paul think, Newman, Color of Money. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, we all agree life. that you're great, it's, you know.
0: Here, yeah, gravity is what she should have won. For she was great, in
1: gravity yeah. Gravity's awesome, yeah, and she carries it entirely a la you know uh, Tom Hanks castaway
0: style. It is just yeah. her, yep, that's yep. not easy to do, right? She's a uh, great, great actress. Um, so is that your six? Yeah,
1: that was my six. What do you got? Okay,
0: all right, my number seven is uh Days of Heaven, the Terrence Malick film.
1: Oh, okay, not yeah. a Malick fan, so go crazy.
0: Yeah, I uh, lo- absolutely love this movie. Um, it's a, a young, very young Richard Gere, uh, a very young Brooke Adams, and I think it's a very young Sam Shepard. Um, and it's, like, yeah. it's just like you talk about with Fantastic Mr. Fox. The entire vibe of this film is very autumnal. The colors, you know, the wheat, uh, all of that. Um, Brooke Adams and uh, uh, Sam Shepard play this young couple who come to work uh, mm-hmm. for this rich guy on his um, – uh, property and the set during the Depression, I think, around the Depression. Sorry. And then uh, Richard Gere is the rich guy and he starts to take a liking to Brook Adams. Uh, okay. And so it becomes a thing where there's this like triangle, you know, where they're going to go, what's going to happen, and blah, blah, blah. And the Days of Heaven is more of an ironic uh, title more than an actual, you know, actual meaning title, you know. And so it's, it's, it's these wow. days, these, so supposedly these Days of Heaven, but they're really hell. Uh, yeah. because of the battles between, and of course, stuff happens like, to the farm. Yeah. What were you saying?
1: Well, the, the high school are the best years of your lives. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people that would beg to
0: differ. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: I enjoyed my high school experience, but, uh, I went to a smaller school. So yeah. when I hear other kids like, yeah, I had to graduate in class of 2000. Like I can't wrap my head around that in high school. Right. right. Cause my, my class was so small. I knew everybody. Yeah. Um, so just, so Much easier to have a bad high school experience when you're that large because you're just a a faceless number in the crowd. Right.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's an an interesting story because Sam Shepard is like and because it shows like that they're like these characters who are very poor. mm -hmm. So uh, Sam Shepard tries to convince his girlfriend, who is Brooke Adams, to like uh, accept the overtures from Richard Gere so they can trick him into marrying her so they can take his money. Like essentially take his money and, and okay. what have her. But she ends up actually starting to have feelings for him. And so it becomes very, uh, I don't know, it's much more uh, convoluted than they were planning. And it leads to all kinds of shit that happens. It's it's one of Malick's greatest films. It is not like what you see now. It's not a stream of consciousness film at all. It's a very clear Beginning, middle, and end to the movie—very linear. Beginning, middle, end to the movie. It's just what he does with the cinematography and the shots. Um, mm-hmm. You constantly feel like you're in the fall of the movie uh, throughout. So yeah, well, maybe
1: maybe that's a Malik that I would enjoy.
0: I think you. I think that. Uh, I think Badlands. Uh, it's when he starts flying in the in the late uh, in the nineties into the two thousands when he starts doing that stream of conscious stuff. That I think is yeah. not is is where he, he loses you, man. Yeah,
1: and usually, I just like you love that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Hey, just a snapshot of their life. But if I can't pull out the philosophical meaning that you're trying to impart on top of it, is where it lose me. And then now I just associate that with Malik. Of I don't know. It's going to be this long drawn out question, mm-hmm. and you're left to decide on your own. And I don't feel like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe just because I've been disappointed too, you know, a, a handful of times from now that I just don't want to be disappointed again.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like Thin Red Line and The New World were him like kind of moving out of what he had done before, uh, but still having a little bit of the linear stuff to it. But he was adding more of the stream of consciousness stuff to it. And then when he goes Tree of Life and then Into the Wonder and Knights of Cup and all, that's when he fully like goes, woo, I'm out there. I'm out there out there you know and so but these first two films badlands and days of heaven those are linear films told as normal films would be told that and the cinematography is incredible and badlands is what that uh, song by um bruce springsteen's about nebraska where he's talking Mm -hmm. about sit with that girl and they go on a killing spree and whatever that's what that is the young martin sheen young sissy Spacek go on a killing spree through nebraska and it's a pretty great fucking film so both those films i think uh deserve a bit more conversation or uh okay. i don't know, a bit more attention than they get sometimes because people get lost in all the stuff he does now so um all right then my number 6 uh is uh, goodwill hunting uh that's a punt okay all right fair enough what's your or uh, are, are we taking a break of this time or no all right I'm what's your enough, five?
1: they're they're front ended
0: okay uh
1: my 5 is rushmore
0: oh great choice man another west anderson all right
1: hey he likes the fall you know? He does. He does
0: like the fall. <laughs> you
1: know, well, there's another one that you could, you know, hypothetically choose as well. You could.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yep.
1: I don't. I don't know if. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could take a lot of his and say that they're in the fall. There's only a handful that's just like no, that's distinctly summer or right. that's distinctly winter. Right. Um. But any anyway, neither here nor there. Rushmore. I mean, really announced him and Schwartzman. Uh to me and i would assume most people yep Yeah. and then kind of not to say that bill murray's career wasn't already what it was but for some reason like this kicked it into like a we always knew he had the possibility of doing these type of roles but he got offered them more often mm. i think in my head after this yeah because like loss in translation came afterwards or uh there was just you know he had a run where he's just starting to do most of yeah. the super serious stuff. Yeah. And still haven't gone back and watched all of Bottle Rocket though.
0: I can't. I've stopped it's stopped. I tried. Twenty I've minutes tried. in. Yeah, twenty minutes in, I was like, nah, this thing for me, man. It's so but, weird. Yeah.
1: All the rest of his, I'm by and large a big fan of Some of them I'm like, hey, I'm good. I don't need to see it again. But it's not like I dislike the movie. It's just right. you have enough movies now where if I'm gonna watch a Wes Anderson, I'm gonna watch one of these others.
0: It's like the Darjeeling. I, I can't. I, that the Darging Limited and Bra- Bottle Rocket, both twenty minutes in, twenty five minutes in, and I was like, I don't give a fuck about what's going on with anybody here. It's not cute, quaint, uh, okay. or it's being too cute for cute's sake. And I just, I can't. And some people feel that way about all his films, so I respect that. But those two are the ones that just kind of go too far out there where I don't give a shit about him, uh, about anybody in the film. So I just, I've never finished yeah. either one and I don't anticipate that I ever will finish either one, to be honest. So,
1: Yeah. He still has like occasional misfires. Not that yeah. it's like Moonrise Kingdom. I thought was good. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that was good walking out, but I don't know if I ever need to see, see it again. And other people are like, Oh, that was one of the best of that year. I'm like, okay. You know, to each their own. True, uh, It didn't True. have quite the same punch, but something like Rushmore, I can still watch it.
0: Oh Yeah is eminently the, watchable.
1: It has just a, a fantastic scene, the ORU. Oh, because <laughs> they're they hate each other, but now there's this new rival that comes in. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend.
0: Right. And and, and this guy it, it's two things, Matt. This guy is younger than Bill Murray, yes. and he's older than Jason Schwartzman, and he's good looking. Uh so it like it it blows both their worlds up, and then they can focus their lasers on that one guy. Yeah, Which is he's hilarious.
1: attractive. Yes, uh, he's, I think he's yeah a few years younger than her. He's got a successful career. Yeah, and just when Schwartzman, oh, are you? And then the look. I mean, Murray trying not to die laughing in the guy's face as they both are like this fucking prick.
0: <laughs> he goes, like, he goes <laughs> yeah, Coughed into his drink.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, so beautifully executed. From yeah. the direction to all the actors in the scene, and everybody mm-hmm. knows just the perfect timing within it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of that that manages to get for a director that I didn't know. Yeah. And you're like, man, this is really confident.
0: Yeah, I remember watching it, uh, I think I went with a friend at the time, and watching it like on a f- Saturday or Friday afternoon, and coming out of theater going, man, this is really good. And I wonder if this will be a director we have to watch out for later because you can t- like you just said Matt there are certain directorial efforts early on in a director's career that you just go oh that's a confident director with a yeah. vision you know you mm-hmm. can argue he's an auteur because his films are so distinctly unique and yeah, uh, because of that you know his films are. he is an auteur in my opinion and that Rushmore is like him because I don't think Bottle Rocket is as much but I certainly think Rushmore is when he's like okay this is what I can do uh, when I tell a certain story and it works. So, I mean, Brian Cox is hilarious in the film as well. Um, and, you know, the whole idea of having him do Serpico on the fucking stage, I'm mean, just, all of it is very, very funny from beginning to end and smart. And even yeah. as arc, which you know is coming, it still works because of the mm-hmm. script and the work by Schwartzman in the movie and how the scenes are edited together and uh, chronologically done in the film. So, yeah.
1: Are you watching this season of Fargo?
0: I am. I was just going to ask you that if you've been enjoying it. Well, do you buy Schwartzman? Um, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I don't, I I think he's, I mean, because he's Talia Shire's kid and he's Coppola's like blood. Sure. I, I can see him getting ruthless, but he's pathetically ruthless. So I haven't found him to be believably scary. Um, but I do think he's pathetically ruthless. Um, I'm more impressed with Chris Rock, who I don't expect much from as an actor at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm shocked. I don't know where he went to class for the last 10 years, but he has become a fantastic actor.
1: Um, across the board, everybody else. And every time Schwartzman Mm. comes on, I like it. And at the same time, she's like, I'm not buying you as my, him and his brother.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Right. I
1: believe that dude is crazy, but the whole like eyes open the whole time. Yeah. Maybe by the end of the season, I will really appreciate the choice. Right. It's like, um, when uh, the brother showed up on this past week a uh, past season of Ozark, did you see that?
0: I know I don't watch Ozark, so oh dude, uh, I haven't started that one. Is that
1: episode whatever of uh, of the season he's uh, they bring him in this past season, mm-hmm. and by season by episode like eight or something? Say it's ten, it's eight. If it's eight, it's six. Whatever, okay. six or seven, and he has one of the most beautifully acted scenes I've ever seen on television. And wow. it's just basically him monologuing wow. and it is fucking emotionally powerful.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Uh, but okay. the, to start the season, I was like, I don't, I kind of like this guy. I don't know. But by the time we got to there, it was like, this dude is, where has this dude been? How yeah. is this the first time I've seen, I'm seeing him? Yeah, that is, you know, it took 10 years to be an overnight success type of thing.
0: Right, right. That's like Uh, Carrie Coon. First time I saw Carrie Coon in Gone Girl, I was like, Who the fuck is this? And then you go back through her resume, God damn, I've seen her in a million things, she just never really kind of popped off. And then you saw her in Gone Girl, and then right after that, her season of Fargo, uh, the leftovers, and you're like, This is a fucking great actress, you know, and so you're just like it takes forever to just kind of get seen finally in the right project once and for all. I think Jesse Buckley is telling it in Fargo, man. That nurse, she is so good.
1: Yeah, she is, and yeah. she's the quintessential Cohen character. Even though they are right. just two peas now, yeah. but she fits really well into that world. Yeah, like the family across the street, the yeah, the nuclear family, and the sister that comes back, and that was yeah. it's a fun storyline. And yeah, it's one of the more impressive shows because every season new cast, completely yeah. really, really different story. They're just here to tell an interesting story that it's crime related.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm so so happy because I was a little worried, and then having Ben Wishaw in there as the Irish kid. I mean, Ben Wishaw, of course, is cute yeah. in in the Bond films. I love him as an actor, man. So seeing him kind of get a chance to do some character work within the the scope of this show is great, just great. Um, all right, so that so that was your number five.
2: Rushmore? That's my five.
0: All right, my five is uh, Halloween, 1978's Halloween.
1: That is a punt.
0: Okay, all right. What's your four?
1: Uh, My four is Hoosiers.
0: That is my three. Yeah, I like it. Good choice. That to me is just pure fall, from the beginning to the end, pure fall. Even
1: though high school basketball season usually finishes in spring, and I think that you know there is a moment with like uh, the snow because of uh, uh, Dennis Hopper's character being living out as an alcoholic in that shack and whatnot. But somehow it only exists as the fall in my head. This was like yeah. one of the exceptions of uh, others. It's I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it goes both ways. I, I'll understand the argument. To me, Hoosiers though is, you know, you brought up the October sky. They're wearing the flannel jackets. Yeah, this is the cin- cinematic equivalent of a flannel jacket.
0: I agree. the 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 the, uh, the wool whatever they're wearing, and then the 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 hats and the, the I mean, sorry, the gloves and the hats, and then seeing the leaves. they she's constantly raking the leaves, or the leaves are blown mm-hmm. across the street. So for me I absolutely 1000% agree with you man. It gives you that vibe of the fall from the opening scene uh where he's driving the car through the credits and this and that great score um and the overcast sky. The sky is never there's never sun yeah. in the sky. It is always overcast. It's depressing. Yeah, it's depressing. So it's like to me it's like this feels so much like the fall from beginning to end. Um I don't even know when it's set, but it feels like the fall the whole time. Even when they show up to the arena to play, um, they come out in these big jackets because it's it's a cold uh, to play the final rather because it's cold time. So in my mind, it's always the fall throughout that whole movie, man.
1: Yeah, even though we know it's not. Yeah, you know, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this you know, I, I've tried really hard to keep, but it's like this is a fall movie, flat yeah. out, mm-hmm. flat out to me.
0: Uh, I love uh, that score, man. Uh sometimes I'll just put that score on while I'm just fucking doing shit around the house, man. It's yeah. such a great score, dude. I mean. It's
1: impressive because you know the manipulation that's coming and it's still oh, effective.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can
1: see it a mile away and it still works. Whereas, remember, The Titans for me feels too manipulative.
0: So, yeah, it's yeah. It's like there's always it.
1: these big orchestral string lifts on the emotional moments and they just overuse it uh, to me. Yeah. And trust me, I've seen that movie legitimately 50 times. Wow. It was in the box of VHS DVD tapes that I had for like three, four years when I didn't have cable. Oh yeah. Remember talking about the Titans that, yeah. A lot of times. <laughs> Is it good? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not going to argue that. It just now after I haven't seen it so many times, it's just, it, it's manipulative to me. Yeah. Um, whereas Hoosiers like, I know it's coming. Right. But I don't care. Although Hoosiers does drag a little bit more in certain spots. The you mean Lux the score movie,
0: itself or the, or the show, the, the movie.
1: Okay. Um, it just adds to more of the depressing.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But perhaps that also is what makes the release so cathartic is because you've been living in this tension for the duration of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Goldsmith did the score for this one for a Hoosiers. So, yeah. Great stuff, man. Uh, I, I Yeah. Anyway, whatever. I'm just talking about my ass now. I just love that fucking movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, all right. So yeah, I mean, your uh, four. So my four is, uh, what?
1: Sorry. I was going to say, it, uh, I said that, but then I thought you were going to say something about Hoosiers. So I didn't want to cut you off. No, no, you- no,
0: no, 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 no. We've talked about it ad nauseum, dude. People know how much we love that movie. Okay. Uh, my four is Knives Out. Oh, great call. Yeah. I just, I, that one, As was, I was like, I like you, I Google sometimes throughout and then I just was like, what's something that's come out in the last few years? And then just kind of looked it up that way. And I was like, Oh shit. Right. Totally. Yeah. Every time that movie is completely a fall movie. They're all in the fucking sweaters or the pullovers. And you know, that you see the leaves on the ground. And There's everything. snow on the ground at any point. Uh, I, no, I don't remember if there's snow, but there might be meant in retrospect, like when they're remembering certain things from the past okay. in their interactions, I think there might've been some snow, but the film yeah. itself it totally takes place in the fall. At least I think so.
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I honestly can't think, but I can't, I can't picture snow. Mm-hmm. So otherwise, it'd be a fall. Will it be a fall or spring. We, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's not yeah. winter and it's not summer, obviously. Yeah. But I'll give you fall. Sure. Yeah. Knives Out. Great call. I would put that on my list.
0: It's a damn good movie, man. I like it. I watched it again the other day. It was on. It's on Amazon Prime. And I was just like, man, this is actually really fucking good. Because sometimes people are like, oh, it's so good. And you're just like, I don't know. You all are that group think for me a little bit. I'm like, eh. and then you watch it. And you're like, well, actually, they're fucking right. This is actually damn good. And the script is great. And the performances are all fun. Um, and it's great to see Don Johnson and Jamie Lee Curtis get to sink their teeth into a fun role, you know, later on as actor, later on in life as actors. So I just didn't th- and Anna Darmus, who's actually fucking gorgeous. Uh, cute as hell, seeing her play the character that she's playing and everything she goes through, and of course Lakeith Stanfield, who's great, and Daniel. What are you gonna say about Daniel Craig? He's, I'm sure Daniel Craig yeah. must be so fucking happy, man. It's like I'm done with it. Now I can go. Like I've got money for well, the rest of my life. I can go do what the fuck I want. You know,
1: will the will he be able to? Knives Out is a great first step. Yes. Just don't want him to fall into the Pierce Brosnan, Tim, Timothy Dalton, Roger Moore. Right, Didn't right. do diddly shit afterwards because they just kind of became Bond to us all.
0: Yeah. Logan Lucky was great, too. I thought he was great in Logan Lucky. Yeah. So if he gets more character work, which is what he was doing before he became Bond. He wasn't the lead in films, mm-hmm. uh, but he did do Defiance, which a lot of people like while he was still doing Bond as a lead in that one. So yeah, I think I there's definitely that. potential. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great, but it was the lead. Yeah. Uh, but I think well, there's some
1: You find out who he is and be like, oh, he did this movie with uh, Leif Schreiber mm. a couple of years ago. And we're like, ah, oh, well, now that I'm, okay, let's see what he did before type of mm-hmm. like earning his chops. And that's when you realize, you know, that uh, that he was in uh, uh, Road to Perdition. Like, oh, yeah, right. he's the son of Paul Newman. Didn't even realize it at the time because I didn't really know who that was. Um, right. Type of deal. Yeah. Defiance is all right. That's what I remember thinking about it. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to see that they, you know, leave Schreiber is working. I always like him.
0: Oh yeah, leave's another one, man. They just can't seem to get him right. And leave is an incredible actor, man. Like Ray Donovan, which is not a good show. I don't care what anybody tells you. Ray Donovan is. A, you, you have to really, really try to like Ray Donovan. But he carries that show well, you know, because these characters are not good characters. They're all pretty terrible people. Um, but, yeah, but he does such a great job with the role, so I was glad that yeah. he got something to sink his teeth into because he's such a damn and a great voiceover artist. Jesus Christ. All his HBO sports documentaries, his voice oh, I, is
1: Him and, like, Will, Will Arnett. Yeah. Just, wow, you guys got great voices. Yep. Yeah. Great uh, yeah, I never watched. I watched the very first Ray Donovan and I can't remember what I didn't like about it, but I yeah. didn't like it at all. Yeah, um, Just like I watched the first of Homeland and I was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> it just I still remember that one. Like the her boss shows up to see her doing an illegal sting on a returning oh, yeah. military vet and he goes, I'll allow it for now. <laughs> and then she catches on to him fiddling his hands. Yeah. And just like all this happens in the first episode. I'm like, this seems like a lot.
2: <laughs> so yeah but
1: Radon, I couldn't I can't remember what it was. I know I watched the first one because my brother was a big fan and he's like, just yeah. keep
0: watching. I was like, I didn't like that pilot at all. Yeah, it's they're not nice, they're not you know, they're not people you should like. They're pretty down and uh just terrible people overall. But you know, Leaf Schreiber's so cool as this Hollywood fixer um that it keeps you going. But after a while, mm-hmm. you're just like it becomes like it, it's the curse of any show, man. It starts to become entourage where no matter where you – no matter what box you put them in, they somehow find a way out. You write them out of it eventually by the end of the season. And it's like, ah, oh, then there's no real consequence here. He's always getting away with cheating his wife, cheating on his wife. He's always getting away with be- beating people up in broad daylight instead of going to jail for assault and battery. He's always getting away with stealing money and doing whatever. He's always getting away with it. And at some point, he's like, this is no longer cool. This is just like – you're just working out your fantasies of what you wish you could do in your own life as writers or showrunners. And there's nothing fun here at all. You know, so I, that's what I felt. And with Homeland, I did the first season cause I like Damien Lewis and I do like Claire Danes and their chemistry. But the okay. second, the, the, the first couple episodes of the second season where all of a sudden she can get a cell phone signal inside the bunker where no one else could get a cell phone signal. I mean, sorry, not Damien Lewis, get a cell phone signal to communicate with the Arab terrorist uh, I was like, oh, fuck this shit. This is bullshit. If, if you're going to make those kinds of jumps, then I don't want to be part of the show because then you're making it convenient for your characters to get out of these moments because somehow they have supernatural ability to do things that no one else can do in the exact same spot, in the exact same place. You know what? So you know what?
1: Dexter's coming back because we were all clamoring no. for that.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No Did I, so. I
1: hated that show. Mm. I watched the first season, um, and then what? Was Jimmy Smith's the second season?
0: I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I watched that one, and then I watched the Lithgow one, but Mm. there were so many actors on it that were just, I can't believe this is the direction they're getting outside of him. Michael C. Hall was really good. Right. But his sister, who he married in real life for a time. Yeah, yeah. Thought she was really over top the yeah, Jennifer human Carpenter. detective uh, that was on Oz before, who I loved yeah. him on Oz, and yeah. this felt like a caricature. The Asian lab tech felt like a caricature. Right. right. It's like there's so many of these that I just don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. And then had, you know, I didn't watch it, but when everybody told me what the ending was and you see people discussing online, you're like, what a brutal ending. So glad I got out of the show years before.
0: Yeah, everybody tore it apart. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, Michael C. Hall, who uh I don't know, he's a good actor, uh, but he, he has is. never really kind of like, you know, been able to do anything since Dexter of note or that's caught on. So yeah. it seems like he's just six coming back to that. this thing. Yeah, six feet under foot, which was great. That's a good film, a good show. Uh, but he's never been able to do anything since. I mean, his his Jack Kennedy was absolutely horrible in The Crown. So it's just like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, great. Try try and get this right again. You, you've rarely seen Jennifer Carpenter in anything. or yeah. Hardly any of those actors you've rarely seen in anything. So maybe they were all like, oh, are we coming back? Great. Let's come back and make some money and stay alive and pay our insurance and whatever. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not excited about it, but that's for sure. Nope. Uh, all right, what's your, I guess we're up to your three? Is that correct?
1: Uh, yeah, punt from before Halloween.
0: Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool.
1: Just a movie set in the fall, obviously, but it's pure yes. fall. It's the only time a year that I watch it mm-hmm. is in the fall. Uh, I don't really pop on much horror, so I can't remember the last time I set out to watch it, but this would be one of a handful of horror-related that I would gladly, if it was on, I have zero problem. Uh, Even though they shot it, here oh yeah in the summer i believe yeah like the bags of leaves they had to collect after each take because they only had so many leaves they were using like <laughs> leaf blowers to make it look like there was you know fall wind and all that shit yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. but in the background you can see palm trees every once and again i believe <laughs> uh, so yeah. well, okay i mean they made it on a shoestring budget and it ends yeah. up you know it's like cost 50,000 to make, and it made 20 million at the box office, something ridiculous. Because yeah. it's good. It's Oh, yeah. Limitations of their budget ended up forcing them to make decisions that made it much more psych- psychologically terrifying and right. more effective film, for me, at least. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I agree with you, dude. A thousand percent. Definitely a fall film. Like you said, they shot it here. I think you shot it in, in the valley somewhere, and they threw it, but like Overall, just that vibe you get throughout, and of course, it's set on Halloween, so naturally in the fall. But just the feeling you get of a small town Indiana vibe to it, and you know people wearing the coats and whatever, like all around, just a great vibe. Plus, like you said, it's just one of these films. They didn't know what was going to happen with this one. It's a fucking classic, and it is it. It's it's way past the genre of horror. Like it's it's its own thing. Like it is a horror film but it is beyond the genre of just horror. Like certain Westerns are like Unforgiven is beyond the genre of a Western. There's just something, some films that kind of move past the genre they're in and achieve a certain kind of classic status. And that's certainly a uh, Halloween, you know, and, and I don't put it in the same boat with like Friday 13th or nightmare on Elm street or any of those, this is like a, yeah. a fucking master film, the master craftsman uh, doing an incredible film like alien, you know, those are those, those yeah. are just master craftsman films, you know?
1: Yeah, they elevate above the simple genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not calling horror simple because you could say no, simple, no, right. just like a crime movie. Well, it'd be a stupid crime movie, right? Or a stupid right. action movie. Or they can make one with merit and substance. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
0: All right, so that was my three. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, no, we're up to your, We did Hoosiers for my three. So what's your no. two?
1: My deuce is Plain Strains and Automobiles.
0: Yeah. All right, that's my one. PTA is my one, my man. Um yeah it's you can flip-flop with my number one. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Um
1: perfect.
0: Yeah.
1: It's right on the cusp of not being a fall movie tonight. Yes, it's well, because it's
0: Thanksgiving <laughs> film, so it's, it's about the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is snow on the ground when they show up uh at the end, but, yeah, but it is Thanksgiving such a fall. is fall. Right. And
1: it's the last the legitimate last day in my head. Of fall, yeah. The next yeah. day, no matter what day of the year it is, every year I don't care mm-hmm. if it gets closer or further from the summer, the winter solstice it doesn't make any difference to me. That next day is the first day of winter,
2: yeah.
1: Uh because it's just like the last day. It has a you know still all the the fall colors you associated mm-hmm. with Thanksgiving, yeah. uh, even more so than you do really Thanksgiving at least to me. Yeah, I'm not probably of me than Halloween. Um, yeah, I just don't know what to say about planes trains.
0: We've talked about it many, many times, but yeah, it's set in the fall. All the experiences they go through feel like a fall experience, you know, him getting into all the various weird situations. There is snow throughout, but I mean, it does snow in November in certain areas of the country, so it doesn't eliminate it from being a fall film. And the fact that they go through numerous cities, you get that vibe of uh, what it would be like to be in the fall. Everyone's all bundled up and doing whatever. So throughout the film, you just can't escape the fact that it has that fall vibe to it. Um, And uh, a great ending to that film and great song as well. The great remake of uh, every time you go away, such a fantastic, fantastic film. And, you know, the late great John Candy. What can you say? I can't, I can't talk about the film without getting a little sad because it's such a great, great performance. And, you know, it's, if you're going to leave a lasting legacy, that's a great film to like leave for multiple generations to enjoy. Yeah. uh, And have fun with. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it just makes you long for more. Mhm. Yeah, I, true, true. You know, we we both have a soft spot for John Candy. Mm-hmm. Because he came up at a time where I don't know, it was it was pivotal for me. Mm-hmm. Right when I started knowing who John Candy was, it was like, you know, I was 8, 10, 12, 14 type of thing, and this really yeah. is when you're a lot to a lot of degrees your sense of humor gets formed, at least mine did.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, good point.
1: Um so I have a soft spot in my head or my heart for Armed and Dangerous or uh what is it, uh Harry Crumb.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Or Or delirious. Only the Lonely. Yeah, Only the Lonely Uh, is great. I love that movie. That's a quiet little favorite of mine with him and Ali Sheedy and uh Maureen O'Hara. Um but it's
1: it's purely. I watched that movie because it had John Candy. That is the only reason I yeah. tuned in when I was a kid. Yep. It's flat out. You know, Uncle Buck and Plain Strangers two, to some degree, high watermarks. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I enjoyed so much of the rest that I wished that we had gotten him even more. Yeah. Because of he, the, he would have the a long career.
0: Did you ever see Delirious? The one where he's the, like the soap opera writer. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah, that one that. I thoroughly enjoyed. So did I. Uh, uh, every time he sees Dylan Baker, Dylan Baker's like, his condition is getting worse. <laughs> and he's like, shit's falling off his face. I just, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: Great I held stuff. up watching, what was it, Soap Dish? The Sally Field? Oh, Golden yeah, Golden Soap Pearls. Dish. Yeah. Because that came out in my head, came out just a few years later.
0: Oh, Yeah. Right, probably. so I was like,
1: I already have one comedy from that world, so I didn't see that for a number of years. And then finally
0: watching, it, it's like it's really good. Yeah, Subdish is great. Um, it's actually the Kathy same Moriarty. year. Is it the same year? I thought it was it's like a year 19, too later. Nineteen ninety-one. Both films uh-huh. came out in the same year. Wow. Uh,
1: Downey Jr.
0: Yeah, yeah. Any
1: anyway.
0: Moriarty? I mean, when Moriarty gets found out, oh now it's just a fucking brilliant. If you haven't seen Sunfish, uh, you guys need to see Swedish. Um all right, so where are we at?
1: So your number two?
0: Which is Beetlejuice.
1: Oh, I was anticipating another
0: No, movie. I know. I I I messed with you. I messed with you. Led
1: me astray. Okay. <laughs> I had I had trouble with Beetlejuice because I okay. couldn't pin down when the movie happens. That's why
0: I didn't gotcha. To me it's a Halloween movie so it feels like the fall. Uh um, I think the accident happens in the spring at the beginning of the movie but that's not the accident is not the movie the movie is when he shows up or they show okay. up rather to rent the house and it's always uh, overcast again it's there's the sun is only out I think once in the movie. Oh the sun's out a decent amount. You think so? All right. Yeah, 100% right.
1: like when the 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 deedles show up the first time and they're moving in all their uh stuff. Yeah. perfectly sunny outside. Okay. That's a weird thing. So they die and then they like, it takes them two months to get back to their house, but they don't remember any of it. Right. So if they die in the spring, then it's in the summer, but everybody shows up and they've got like sweaters on. Yeah. Yeah. And shit like that, but it's completely sunny out. The foliage hasn't changed. I agree with you though. It is a Halloween movie.
0: Right. That's why I kind of put in my head that it's a fall film.
1: Yeah. 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 To me, it's like a... kind of go a few different spots but i don't know that when it takes place right i mean
0: i wouldn't put it in the winter i wouldn't no, put it in that's the spring the only one i would summer so to me it's like it feels very much like a fall type film um it doesn't feel like summer no one's like walking around in a bikini or i mean i know catherine hara does try to get some kind of tan or something at some point in the movie but everyone else is like and she's like all in black and she's in school so to me that makes it feel like it's the fall as well
1: but she's not in school the whole time Mm.
0: that we know of. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, look, if you want to include it, I would definitely make my list. It would be near number one, if not number one, Beetlejuice. I really hope the the sequel is going to be good. Like, I am. Yeah. There have been others. Anchorman 2, I didn't think that had a shot, but Dumb and Dumber 2, I thought actually had a shot, and I couldn't get through 15 minutes.
0: No, that was terrible. Um, I hope Coming to America and Beetlejuice, the sequel. Oh, yeah, me too. Those two, you got to hope those are great, you know. And
1: Coming to they, America, I'm holding out the, the hope, the biggest of hopes. I want nothing more than that to be great.
0: Well, they just I, sold um, it to Amazon. Paramount did. Yeah,
1: Switch Studios, yeah.
0: $125 million. So that tells me that they have a lot of faith in that movie to pay $125 million for it. So hopefully that comes out December 18th on Amazon Prime. So mm-hmm. uh, pff, uh, uh. that's
1: interesting. So the. Paramount assumed that it would make a little bit over that in the theaters, max, yeah. Yeah. maybe somewhere 150-ish, 160-ish. Yeah. So they'll take a little bit of loss. That's the negotiating point for Amazon. Right.
0: Plus, Is you got to pay Eddie. you got to pay out Eddie, too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know what back-end points on a streaming would be.
0: I don't either. So that's so why I think I think the way they're getting around this kind of stuff now, these streamers, are they are paying a lot of money up front. Almost like you know, you and I both know as actors, like the non-union shit, they pay you out up front so they don't pay you residuals or anything else like that. And it feels to me like that's what they're doing with some of these films is they'll pay out what they anticipate the film is going to make and what you and then your agents negotiate what you would anticipate you'd make on this film. And if there's any kind of like back end streaming points to be had, I'm sure. People like Eddie or or Martin, or I mean, so Robert Downey Jr. will figure it out and and get their money uh, one way or another. But you know, it's sure. pretty clear. Like, I, I, you know, I think we're not far away from a lot of these that we start hearing a lot of these films uh, start jumping into streaming now. After Disney, what they did, Disney did what they did this week as we're recording it. I just think more more films are going to start jumping into streaming than people thought. You know, I wouldn't be surprised.
2: So yeah.
1: I mean, this isn't um, going to change for another 10 months anyway. So At least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly.
2: yeah.
0: Uh, nothing. A bit of a swerve for me, brother, because uh, I, yeah, I thought about putting it on my list. And then at the beginning of the show, when you said what you said, I was like, all right, I'll make the switch and I'll just move stuff up. So um, I think adding Coco yeah, allowed me to move things around. So, so when you said when Harry is awesome. I mean, I love that movie, dude. And when I watch it, all I think about is the fall. But you made a great point. Two, both. Two New Year's. Yeah, those are seminal moments in the film. They are. One is like them after what, after they've had sex. And then the second one is like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The first one is when they have the conversation about like if we're ever alone, blah, blah, blah. And then, and the second one is when it finally happens, you know? And so, yeah. Fuck, man, I love that movie, dude.
1: Yeah, but I couldn't bring myself of. I might be able to lie in other regards, but I know for a fact yeah. there are certain benchmarks within that that it's just like that is clearly in the winter. Right. Right. And it's a huge moment in the movie. Yep. But you're not wrong that it does feel like a fall movie anyway. All right. So we've done your one and we two, have, correct? We have. My yes. Punt, my one is a punt from you, which is Goodwill Hunting.
0: Oh, wow. Number one. Wow. Great choice, then. All right. Wow. But, okay.
1: Yeah, I would take that or Planes Trains. It just so reminds me of the fall.
2: Totally. End. Totally.
1: Uh, you know, that's as far as I know, that's when it takes place. Like he's he's a janitor at MIT type of thing, totally. but it's early yeah. class season and before he bounces because uh, he bounces before there's, is there, there might be a little bit of snow on the ground at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's good will hunting. It's another one. It's like plane strains. What what exactly can we say that we haven't said 50 times that other people have heard about? Um, Let's see. What what can we find? Is there anything?
0: It was filmed in the greater Boston area and Toronto. They shot it for five months. Wow. That seems excessive. 1996 is when they shot it. Um. Yeah. 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 Oh. Clutching of straws
1: as to what we've never discussed.
0: Yeah, it, there isn't much. I mean, Minnie Driver. You can, we can. We've talked about her. We've talked about the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon relationship. We've talked about. Uh, um, oh, what? fuck! What's his name? Of the directed it. God damn it! My brain. Gus dude. Van Sant. Gus Van Sant. We've talked about Gus Van Sant mm-hmm. and his direction of Casey Affleck, Cole Hauser. Cole Hauser. Um. Right, Robin Williams, uh, Stellan Skarsgård, their relationship. Uh, um,
1: May, Mayhem's brother, who you saw in Oz, is the How You Like Them Apples pony. Oh, tail right,
0: player. yeah, that guy's right. That's right. Uh, get I know these,
1: from Oz. I'm like the dude from Oz. He's in goodwill uh, Hunting. Still don't know his name.
0: I love when he showed up in the Kevin Smith, uh, the the whatever it was, the Clerks Two, or whatever it was. I um, didn't that, see that. They did a yeah, they did a, a thing where Jane Salabob went to Hollywood. It was like a vignette. Uh, and they were on the set for Goodwill hunting to hunting season is a uh, hunting season's over, something like that. And then, uh, he ends up shooting the dude instead of the apples thing. <laughs> he ends up shooting the guy. So it's funny, man. Um, so yeah, so there we go. Um, but yeah, great. I mean, this, this, the film just feels like the fall from the way they're dressed. If you've been on the East coast, you've been in Boston around that time. The, um, Just the vibe of it overall, the things they're getting into, the things they're doing, all of it feels very fall-like. And plus, she's in school. She's at the university, and it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like spring, so the other alternative is fall, because she's not going to summer school. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And no no way they're wearing turtlenecks in, you know, 90s equivalent to starter jackets. Yeah. Ben Affleck character. Right. If... (laughs) it's not that time of year, it's, it's going to be hot and muggy and whatnot if it's summer. So
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, all right. right. There we go. All right. So that's our uh, separate uh, lists of the top ten movies in the fall. We're going to put this thing together. Uh, oh, I got to go get the bongos out of the closet. I'll be right back.
1: All right. So I would assume then that it probably goes Plains Halloween – Goodwill go next, or Hoosiers? Hoosiers was three four, so whatever is one. I think it was five for him on Goodwill, maybe six. Um, all right. Where did you have? Where did you have Goodwill again?
0: Uh, Goodwill's number six.
1: Okay, so what I've got is Plain Strains, yeah, and then Halloween.
0: Uh, I have Hoosiers at three. Where do you have Hoosiers?
1: Let's think. So we have Hoosiers three, four. Where do you have Halloween?
0: Halloween's five for me. Okay.
1: I screwed that part up.
0: All right. So then I think mm-hmm.
1: the way we've done it in the past, Goodwill would then go two, then Hoosiers, then Halloween. Okay. There at five, sure.
0: That's my number two.
1: Uh, where do you have Rushmore?
0: Uh, Rushmore is number no, I don't have Rushmore on my list. That's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: so we Uh, have in common October Sky and what Coco, and that's it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, towards the back end of our lists. Uh, Uh,
1: okay. My next dice is Rushmore at five,
0: mine is Knives Out at four.
1: All right, and let's do Knives Out, Rushmore, then what October Coco.
0: Yeah, that works. Where are we at now?
1: Uh, The last one. So I've got my number six. What do you have?
0: Uh, Let's see. We put Plain Trains, We put Beetlejuice on there, right? Hoosiers Uh, is on there. Knives Out is on there. Halloween's on there. Goodwill Hunting's on there. So that's my top six. So your six goes on. All right. Friday Night Lights it is. And we're done. Nice. nice. All right. Let's jump into this thing. The top ten films set in the fall. Yeah. At number ten. Friday Night Lights. At number nine. Coco. At number eight. October Sky. At number seven. Rushmore. At number six. Knives Out. At number five. Beetlejuice. At number four. Halloween. At number three. Hoosiers. At number two. Goodwill Hunting. And our number one film set in the fall is... Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, Those aren't two pillows.
1: Uh, All right. Well, there you go. Another successful show. Agreed. Um, Agreed. A a quick announcement on Golden Ticket. So we we are scheduling our very last episode of the match of the first round. And then uh, we're going to take a couple weeks off just because John's schedule is going to be pretty jam-packed for a very short... Time once we get closer to the election, yep. and we also need to start uh, uh, scheduling the next round of, of matchups with the second round people. So uh, probably like two weeks off, and then we'll be back in the rotation, something like that. We're just setting up, laying the groundwork because we got to make sure we get everybody on and uh, move this process forward. So uh, yep. bear with us, but uh, thank you to everybody that support us over at Patreon.com forward slash the top ten with the number ten. And wanted to jump in there. Um, if for some reason you didn't respond to the the call to action last week, and you've never uh, responded to any of the emails that we've gotten, but you are a potential participant, you need to let us know. Otherwise, the next match that we record is going to be the last match, and we're moving uh, forward. So, if we haven't heard from you, it's only a couple people. Yeah, um, then let us know. Um, otherwise, round two is starting up, and we're getting that much closer to having someone as a guest. Oh, and we get to choose the topic,
0: and uh, that's it, man. That's going to be fun. Uh, what do they follow you, man? What else you got going on?
1: Uh, follow me uh, at Matt Nost. Uh, the basketball season is uh, done, so dimes is dormant, but uh, settle the score. You can get that anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, and that's it for me.
0: There you go. Uh, you can follow me at The Roka Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Of course, the other podcasts I do, The Cinephiles and uh, uh, The Geek Buddies, those are both available for you all to listen to, uh, but also if you want to watch The Geek Buddies, you can do so at my YouTube channel for all my other content as well. Uh, YouTube.com slash Go in there and see all the things that are going on. Matt mentioned the political content's been really ratcheting up uh, there and getting a lot of views, so if you want to come and watch the Yempolite Truth show we do over there, that'd be uh, great, and the Game Time show we do, the sports show. So all of it over there, but the time- Top10 has a YouTube channel as well. What's the address? YouTube.com slash the Top 10 podcast Correctamundo. There you go. Go and sign up there because we're trying to monetize that channel uh, as well and uh, do more and more content. We're talking about doing live Q&As. We're talking about doing live shows of the Mm -hmm. Top10 where you all can chime in with your thoughts throughout the show, and that'll be a lot of fun to hear what you all think. Uh, In lieu of us being unable to go to your local town to do a show, this could maybe take the place of that and we could have a lot of fun uh, in that way. So, uh, all right, everybody. Thanks. uh, Thanks for uh, listening or watching this episode of the top 10 show. We can't thank you enough for your patrons during this time. And especially now, you know, uh, we need your help more than ever to promote this show and push this show. Everyone's got a show. Now everyone's out there trying to do stuff on YouTube, but we were the OGs in this sphere doing a show like this. So Give us yep. some love. Promote this show. Push this show. Get people involved. And if you've been a patron, if you're a if you're a listener or follower of the show, and you haven't become a patron and you've been on the fence about it, now's the time when we need you to come be a patron. There's multiple tiers. Look above my head. Patreon.com/slash/the top ten number ten. Go and see all the things that you can sign up mm-hmm. for and support this show. Keep this show going. Uh, and all the things we do, because you get all these perks for being a part of the top 10 as well. So please go and get involved there and help us get even further ahead for more things that we want to do going down the road with the, with the show we do here. Uh, all right, that's it. I think Matt, are we good to go? Uh, that we are a good show <laughs> and I'll see
1: you very soon.
0: Sounds good, brother. I right, take care everybody. We'll talk to you next time
1: on the top 10 show. Ooh!